0: This is The Reality. And a very special hello to you. Welcome to The Reality, a show talking about the sure reality of real life as found in Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by a listener-supported radio ministry called Sure Reality. Find out more at our website, surereality.net or drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Scott Wesley Brown's career has spanned four decades. He's released 25 albums, had nine number one singles in Christian radio. He's performed in concert ministry in over 50 countries around the world. Singer-songwriter Scott's music has been recorded by many top artists, including Amy Grant, Aaron Schust, Petra, Sandy Patty, Bill Gaither, Pat Boone, Bruce Carroll, as well as the Metropolitan Opera star, Placido Domingo. His wedding song, My Treasure, was performed at President Ronald Reagan's daughter's wedding. Scott Wesley Brown is a man serious and passionate about serving Jesus his Lord and Savior
1: well you know I I was a part of a church youth group they just wanted to party they just wanted to have a good time they didn't really want to be serious but my friend Kurt there was a big change in his life and all of a sudden he just didn't want to do that anymore and he kept trying to share Jesus with me and uh, well I think it jesus needs to be the center of our life you know the the adventures that god has given to me it's made all the difference in the world
0: scott has a passion for music in missions and he's serious about using his music to reach the lost world with the reality of faith hope and love as found in jesus christ On Skype today, talking to singer-songwriter Scott Wesley Brown from California. Thank you so much for joining us today, Scott.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Fantastic. We're going to be talking about your amazing music and songwriting and the things that you're involved in in a minute. But as always, I'd like to ask, how did you find Jesus as your Lord and Savior? This program is about the reality of Jesus. How did you discover the reality of Christ for yourself?
1: Well, you know, believe it or not, I was searching uh, for God. I I looked at all the different religions and uh, philosophies, and I thought the best idea would be to take them all and combine them into one belief system. Uh, But then I found that there were so many contradictions and Mm -hmm. uh, opposite views of each of these different religions, and uh, I was really frustrated. I'd grown up in the church, but I wasn't sure that that was the way until I had a good friend give his heart to Jesus and it transformed his life. And he kept trying to share Jesus with me, and uh, eventually, I like to tell people he loved me into the kingdom because his witness was so faithful, and he was so patient with me, and tried to answer all my questions, even though he was a young Christian himself. And but uh, eventually, I felt the Lord really tugging on my heart, and so I gave my life to Christ, mm-hmm. and that was in the summer of 1970.
0: Wow, a good few years ago then. <laughs>
1: Many years ago.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, so Scott, you said uh, this friend of yours had come to know Jesus. Did you see any change in him? What was it that attracted you to the new life in him?
1: Well, you know, I, I was a part of a church youth group, and he was a part of it too. And everybody in the youth group... Uh, they just wanted to party. They just wanted to have a good time. They didn't really want to be serious. They didn't want to study the Bible. Uh, they really didn't even want to go to church. But because our parents made us go to church, and we were in this youth group, we we kind of hung out together. But my friend Kurt, um, there was a big change in his life, and all of a sudden he just didn't want to do that anymore. And he was talking serious, and he was saying, "Hey guys, mm-hmm. you know this is a church," and you know, Jesus is real, and he really does love us. And he and He hung on that cross, and he died for the sin in our life. And he kept talking about the fact that we were separated from God. And I thought, what do you mean I'm separated from God? And so I started asking him a lot of questions, and he would do, would do his best to answer me, even though he was a young believer. Hmm. He didn't have all the answers, and sometimes he would ask his mom to help <laughs> answer the questions. Excellent. But eventually i i started just sensing that 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 what he was saying was true and uh, he said, you know, he said, I may fail and I may say the wrong things, but Jesus will never do that. And he showed me scriptures. And uh, I remember uh, I eventually gave my heart to Jesus and so did several other people in our youth group. And our youth group turned from a, a partying type of a youth group to a group that, of people that really wanted to follow Jesus and mm-hmm. wanted to know him more. And so it was an incredible time in my life.
0: You got serious about following Jesus, yes? Absolutely, yes. So so just to, to stop there for a minute, uh, Scott, uh, you know, you serving God full-time, an amazing singer, songwriter. Uh, how serious must we be to follow Jesus?
1: Well, I think it, Jesus needs to be the center of our life. Uh, I, I look at my life now, and everything revolves around Christ. I mean, every decision I make, every thought that I think, uh, every song that I sing, uh, everything I do in my own life and in my family's life, uh, with my kids, my wife, my grandchildren, uh, everything is centered around Christ. And and so he's the focal point of our life.
0: Mm. That makes a lot of sense indeed. But doesn't that, um, you know, inhibit uh, some fun and, and excitement in life?
1: Uh, no, because I think, uh, you know, the the adventures that God has given to me, uh, and, and it's going to be different for everybody, but I've had the, the privilege of being able to have traveled around the world and shared the gospel and talked about Jesus in many different countries that I didn't even think I could get into. And here I was in these countries, and I was singing and And seeing people respond to what I had to say and and, and respond to the Lord. So it's been a real adventure for me. But even if I hadn't traveled, just the transformation in my life and in my kid's life and my wife's life, uh, it's made all the difference in the world.
0: A joyous transformation. Fantastic. So, Scott, um, you're a contemporary Christian artist, singer, songwriter. How did it all start?
1: Well, it actually started in that youth group, because I used to play the guitar, and I wasn't very good at the time, but I would try to lead some of the singing in our youth group, and eventually when I became a Christian, I started writing my own songs, because in that day, some of the songs that we had, they just, they weren't what I would say hip enough. The kids didn't like them, so I thought, Uh well, I better write some better songs, Uh and so I was trying real hard, and then some of the kids said, well, do you have a recording of that? and uh, my dad set up a little mini studio in our basement at our house, and he started recording me singing these songs, and And I would sing them at youth group, and then there were coffee houses and little other places that I had the opportunity to sing at, and then I didn't know it, but my dad was mailing these these songs off to record companies, uh, and one record company responded, so we like what wow. your son is doing, can we talk to him, and they, they did, and I ended up getting a contract, and... You know, and that's that's how it all started. I just started singing more and more, and the record got out, and uh, God started opening up, you know, more places for me to sing at, and uh, it started a whole ministry. I'd never dreamed that that was what God was going to do in my life, Uh, but that's the cool thing is God does incredibly extraordinary things in each one of our lives because He gives us all a gift, yeah. And whether it's music or it's baking or it's being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is, a teacher, there are all different kinds of calls in life. That those calls, uh, what gives them significance is we do them to honor Christ and to share Christ.
0: Absolutely, you know they're saying, "What do you? What are you going to be when you grow up?" As uh, mom and dad always ask us uh, with the kids. Uh, So, did you have a plan to be a professional musician growing up?
1: No, I actually, uh, I was actually studying. in college I was studying a thing called recreation that might sound funny but (laughs) Uh but what it was is I wanted to be a a camp director of these of these camps and um, and I was studying that and I was also very interested in acting Uh, I was always interested in music, but I didn't know that music would be a full-time career, but all of a sudden I found myself doing it full-time, and that's what I've been doing for the last uh, 40-some years.
0: Wow. And uh, as you're a performer, but as a songwriter, I believe you've written for some fairly well-known artists artists like Amy Grant, Bill Gaither, Pat Boone, and others. How do they respond to your music?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I I never thought I would be a songwriter for other artists. I always thought it would just be for me. But then along with the record company contract came publishing contracts. And, of course, they would share my music with other artists and uh, different artists at different times and say, hey, I'd like to record that song. And, you know, the first one who ever recorded was a, was a song I wrote for Pat Boone. Hmm. And I was just so delighted, and I got to meet him, and and uh, what a wonderful Christian man he is. And then from there it just kind of grew. And uh, so I, I, I a lot of songs I write, they end up in, you know, in choral renditions where they write them up for choirs, arrangements, and that's exciting too to see it. You know, the, the neat thing about I can sing a song and it'll go to so many a number of people but if other people start singing it or if it's sung in churches then it just goes out to a larger group of people and then it proclaims the truth in even a, a greater way
0: mm. and i believe um, your wedding song my treasure was performed at president reagan's daughter's wedding wow <laughs> yeah. that's amazing isn't that how, that did, is how did that, that happen that,
1: I don't know how that happened, uh, but uh, we were excited when we got the news that they had chosen that song for his daughter's wedding. And uh, it, it did get kind of famous because uh, an opera singer, Placido Domingo, mm-hmm. uh, recorded it. And uh, he made it very, very famous wow. uh, around the world. Uh, of course, he's being being known as a, one of the great uh, Metropolitan Opera singers, and uh, so God did a lot with that song. And uh, you know, and again, I never dreamed these things would happen. But it, you know, you, you give God a little bit, and like the little fish, the little mm. boy with the fish never mm. dreamed that his fish would feed five thousand people. Mm. You know, so my songs are like my fish, and I'll share them with the Lord. God <laughs> gives me the inspiration, and then God just takes it from there.
0: That's amazing. Did you ever get to meet the president or ex president?
1: No, unfortunately, I never did. Yeah, I wish I could have because I certainly admired Ronald Reagan.
0: Amazing. So what opportunity that was. Can you tell me any other interesting place that your songs have ended up or, or people that you've met?
1: Well, when I was first starting in the ministry, uh, I met a chaplain who worked for the U.S. Naval Academy. That's where the uh, men go to, and women these days go to be trained to become naval officers in the U.S. Navy. And I would sing at these uh, chapel services that they had there. And I made a record and I, I um, sold it in, in cassettes in those days. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget one day I got a letter from a guy. And he was a naval officer on a submarine, and he wow. said, Scott, I want you to know that I'm playing your music on our submarine wow. at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I thought, at the bottom, the bottom of the ocean, you know? So wow. I was just thrilled. That was so exciting to get that news. And again, God just takes it everywhere, <laughs> even to the bottom of the ocean.
0: That's really unique. I wonder how many other Christian artists have had their music sung at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, Scott absolutely incredible Uh, Scott we're talking about your life and work and ministry as a singer and a a songwriter we're going to take a little break and be back after this the reality is produced in partnership with good news broadcasting association to listen to this program again please visit the website gnba.net for more information about gnba and other radio programs that we produce please send an email to info at gnba.net. Email us info at gnba.net. If you've just joined us, thank you so much for clicking on in or listening up wherever you are. It's so good to have your company. I'm Dudley Anderson. You are listening to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of real life found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about anything that we've mentioned thus far or would like to make contact with me, please drop me a note, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by listener-supported radio Ministry sure reality today we're talking to scott wesley brown singer songwriter he shared how when his friend in youth group one day decided to get serious with jesus and committed his life to christ he spoke to scott about what jesus had done at calvary when he died for him upon the cross up until then scott wesley brown was in church and in church youth but only for the ride and to have fun Scott had discovered that it was a serious thing that Jesus did for us when he gave his life for us at Calvary. So how much more then should we be serious and earnest about giving our lives to Jesus to love and serve him with all our hearts? Scott had discovered that life in Christ is not just a boring humdrum way of living, but in fact living for Jesus was a life of adventure and joy. Scott began playing guitar for his youth group and was soon writing songs about Jesus. His dad submitted some of his songs to a recording company who duly signed up this young, talented singer-songwriter. Soon, his songs were being recorded by well-known Christian artists and singers and even sung at auspicious events like the wedding of President Ronald Reagan's daughter. We continue to speak with Scott Wesley Brown to on The Reality via Skype. Scott Wesley Brown, amazing singer, songwriter. It's really good to have you with us today on The Reality, talking about the reality of Jesus in your life and your ministry. As a songwriter, writing songs that are played at president, uh, daughters, weddings, and the bottom of the ocean. Wow. <laughs> but I believe that you're also involved in world mission. In fact, before we are before we talk about world missions, I had the privilege, not sure if you remember, uh, way back in the 1980s, in Africa, South Africa, hearing you sing a song, Lord, Please Don't Send Me to Africa.
1: Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, I, I remember that song. I, 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 It's been a long time since I've sung it, but it's kind of a, what we would say in America, a tongue-in-cheek kind yes. of a song. It's, yes. it's really not saying I don't want to go to Africa, of course, because I've been there 12 times, and I hope 12 times more. But, you know, a lot of times people have places, I mean... You know, Jonah was afraid to go to Nineveh. Mm. So I could have said, please don't send me to Nineveh. It's a place where maybe we're (laughs) afraid to go and share the gospel. Um, And it could be just to our neighbor. It could be to somebody in our own family, Um, or it could be another country. And so that was a song that, and again, you know, you talk about how God uses a song. I, I wrote that and I thought it was a silly little song, but It's turned out to be a a powerful song in terms of uh, motivating a lot of people and mobilizing a a lot of people for world missions. And I remember at one time I sang it in Taipei, Taiwan. I was in Taiwan and I sang it there at a concert uh, at a a community center. And this girl wrote me a letter again after a concert and said that she had been a missionary there for many years and was ready to give up and when she heard me sing that silly little song she the lord just touched her heart and said no Mm -hmm. do not give up Mm -hmm. so she said she was going to remain and renew her commitment to uh, ministering in taiwan so an example of how god used it there
0: praise god it's it's interesting how god um creates opportunities for us uh, opportunities that we would in our wildest imagination never actually end up you know thinking that we'd ever be involved in that opportunity you know <laughs> right so let's talk a little bit little bit about missions i believe you're involved with a ministry called the US Center for World Mission and another one Advancing Churches in Missions Commitment tell me about those
1: well, you know, I'm involved with a lot of different mission organizations. Uh, those are just two of them that uh, I've done some teaching for, particularly uh, the U.S. Center for World Mission, which is located here in the Los Angeles area. But what they do is they are a mobilization center, and, and that is what I've always wanted to do, is is use my music and my opportunity to minister to mobilize people to get out there into the nations and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. and the, the other organization, Advancing Churches and Missions Commitment, that actually um, is no longer an organization, and fortunately it closed a number no. of years ago, but okay. I'm still involved with a lot of the guys that were a part of that, and they're still doing the same thing. It's trying to get the local church to, to realize that that their ministry is not just within the walls of their church, but it goes out. It's not just in you know Jerusalem, but it's in Judea, Samaria, to the other most ends of the earth, that we are to have a vision uh, to reach people for Jesus Christ and to disciple the nations, and they, really it all is under the I would underline it's all about a church planting movement because that's what missions is. Missions is planting churches among peoples that have never heard of the of Jesus or the, heard the gospel, and discipling them. That's what Jesus said. We are to disciple. Uh, people from all these different nations. And uh, so I've been extremely involved in that. And then my latest mission is being involved with an organization called the Legacy Coalition, and that is mobilizing grandparents to disciple their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You know, in America, we have 30 million Christian grandparents, and our country is going through a lot of turmoil right now, as I'm sure everybody's aware. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be an incredible thing to see the, the grandchildren of 30 million Christians mobilized to live for Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and to be a witness in this country. And I'm sure that that's true in in many countries around the world, that the grandchildren might be the key. A lot of parents don't know how to disciple their grandchildren. Of course, we as grandparents never take the place of these parents, but we can come along and not just play and, you know, spoil our grandkids, but we can really have an intentional plan of of leading them to Christ and and discipling them. Mm. And who knows, maybe one day they'll be missionaries uh, out there in the world as well. So it all works together. All of this mission is all together.
0: Mm. Well, mission starts at your front door. Does it not? Amen. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: that certainly is part of your family. Is is part of that indeed. So, um, Scott whitley Brown, I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm a granddad too, and love it. All right. <laughs> so, t- <laughs> tell me about your how family. Many, tell me tell how many me. grandchildren do you have? I've got I've got six grandkitties.
1: Oh, wonderful,
0: wonderful. <laughs> tell me about your family.
1: Well, my family. I have uh, two daughters and. Uh, One just got engaged to a young man from Australia, so I imagine she might be moving over there far Uh away from me, but that'll give us an opportunity to go to Australia, and I've never been there before, so that's one of the countries God never did allow us to travel to. Uh But um, anyway, and then I have another daughter who's married, and uh, we have two grandchildren uh, through her, uh, two granddaughters, and they are are my heart right now is just loving on them, and we We uh, spend time with them and and teach them the Bible and uh, try to minister to them. And and we we spoil them, too. But we have what we call this intentional grandparenting plan that we want to make sure that we can uh, give them all that they would need to become um, disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Well, that's what we're called to. It's the Great Commission to make disciples disciples. And uh, I think it's in the Bible that says that if we don't take care of our own family, we are worse than unbelievers. And so that's right. where missions, missions certainly does begin, right there. So getting yeah. back just to think a little bit more about missions, um, Scott, I believe that you're involved in providing musical instruments and training Christian musicians in third world countries. Are you still doing this?
1: I just do it on a limited basis. We had an organization uh, for a number of years where we had a lot of, and I was living in an area of the country in America called Nashville, Tennessee, where there's a lot of artists, a lot of musicians. And so we had a a lot of us were getting instruments, and I would take teams over to different countries, and we would lead these instruments in the churches and and, uh, help equip the saints in a literal sense. Um, And I still do that occasionally, although I don't have the organization behind me anymore. It's just something I have to do on on my own. But there's a lot of musicians out there and worship people that would love an instrument and they just have no way to get one. Mm -hmm. And most of us, you know, we've been blessed a lot with different musical instruments and if we look in our closets or you know in the attic we can find that there's an old guitar or an old trumpet or something well mm-hmm. don't let it sit there you give it to somebody that can use it for the glory of god
0: mm-hmm. fantastic and uh, you're also involved in worship and worship ministry i believe worship is completely submitting to the lordship of jesus christ tell me about the supremacy of jesus in worship
1: Well, I mean, he is the focus, and and when I think of the word worship, I just don't think of only singing and playing instruments in church. I think of the way we live our life. Everything is worship, and even in a, in a church service, the sermon is worship, the offering is worship, the music is worship. Everything in our lives should be devoted toward uh, proclaiming the supremacy of Christ in all things and in all people. And so, again, going back to that thing that I was saying that Jesus has got to be the focal point of my life, that's the that's the upward goal. That's the upward calling, is to glorify Him in all things, not just only my songs, And uh, that's what I've dedicated my life to. I don't always live up to that. I fall and I fail and make mistakes and trip up. But that's my heart's desire, that I would glorify God in everything I do.
0: Are you involved in praise and worship leading? I just, well, you know,
1: before the pandemic, I was. I I have led in several churches since the pandemic, but it's been very limited because everything's been closed. Um, A lot of our churches have had to meet outside or they've been told they can't meet at all. Now they're just starting to allow churches to open their doors, and I think you can have a little bit of 25 percent capacity. So um, last week I did lead worship in a church, and it was fun and exciting and just a blessing to get back into a sanctuary and lead God's people. Mm. to the throne.
0: Oh, it's been it's been treacherous, this pandemic and lockdown. Yes, not being able has. to meet people and, and singing online. I mean, it's all very well. We can do it. Thank God for social media. But it's not right. the same, is it?
1: <laughs> no, no. And I've done that. I, I've done a couple of conferences this year where I led worship and I had to do it online and it it doesn't, sound, it's just, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel people and fellowship is what we were meant to be. And so I miss it. But I'm glad that, that some of the churches are starting to get to open up again. And I pray more so uh, as we move along.
0: Mm, wonderful. Well, Scott Wesley Brown has been absolutely marvelous speaking to you today on The Reality. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray God's richest blessings that you continue to serve him in missions at home and abroad. Thank you for joining us.
2: With many a tear, I've given you years of my service, and I've always given my best. And I've never asked you for anything much, so long I deserve this request. I've got what it takes. I'm just a man, I'm not a Tarzan. Don't like lions, gorillas, or snakes. I'll serve you here in suburbia, in my comfortable middle-class life. Please don't send me out into the bush, where the natives are restless at night.
0: And a lovely partial rendition of Lord, Don't Send Me to Africa by Scott Wesley Brown, right here on the reality. And in front of that, talking to Scott Wesley Brown. What an amazing man with a great testimony and a great passion to get serious about serving Jesus. You can find out more about Scott Wesley Brown at the website scottwesleybrown.com. That is Scott Wesley Brown. If you've been listening and you have some questions, you'd like to chat with me, please drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I'd love to hear from you. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Find out more at our website, surereality.net. That is surereality.net. The reality is produced in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. You can listen again to this program and find out more at their website, gnba.net. Or drop them an email, info at gnba.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, as always, keep your eyes on cheeses and take care.